0: Hello, this is Inherently Human, a podcast that now sports no less than, what, eight episodes. Mm. And Aiden DeBoard is my podcast mate. I'm here. (laughs) And he's snacking between episodes. (laughs) It looks kind of delicious. He got it from one of the food carts on campus at Portland State University.
1: Uh, but Shout out to Dogs and Fry's uh, food cart.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: They have a, <clears throat> a hash brown meal. They serve it all day. Yes. And I got the triple hash, triple. which is three layers of hash browns, sour cream, jalapenos, avocado, egg, tomatoes, Sauce.
0: So you're telling me that it's while it's not exactly vegetarian, it is, is meatless. Is that uh, right? Or <laughs> you don't actually know I have what's no in idea. there?
1: I'm pretty sure there's meat in it. I'm fairly certain.
0: Well, I can see that there is a lot of potato there. Oh hell I yeah! Mean, uh, That's the best
1: part. Oh, there's cheese too. Yes, cheese
0: and some sort of sauce which looks like Thousand Island or some such.
1: I think it's a. A sweet chili mayo. Okay. Yeah. Well. Well, whatever it is, it's incredible and delicious, and it was actually pretty cheap. Oh, oh God. Okay,
0: well. Excuse uh, me. That was a fascinating (laughs) little... uh, Segment. Yeah. Yesterday, you shared with me that you got up at four in the morning uh, to be at the Recreation Center of Portland State, in order to open the facility. Mm -hmm. And then, I don't know, when I talked to you, I guess it was like 3-ish in the afternoon, and you were going to go home and go to sleep.
1: I didn't get to go home.
0: Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. (laughs) Well, uh, I was saying that by way of a lead-in to a discussion, perhaps, of sleep in general. Okay. But I don't know that we need to go there. Uh, If, in fact, you think you have a topic that would somehow be more compelling to us, I'd be willing to go with that.
1: I don't, fortunately. Um, Mm. I think this is going to be a gym episode. I think this (laughs) this is where this is going.
0: Well, I am interested in sleep issues in part because while I was talking to him, uh, about the pleasures of falling asleep, like somehow early in the afternoon, uh, for me, psychologically, what can happen is I somehow believe I'm still awake. So I have really vivid dreams and it is a a, pleasant phenomenon to kind of think that you're in reality taking horrendous chances that would certainly kill you if uh, this thrill ride that's going on were happening in real life.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, uh, it's, it's like flying in dreams. I don't know right. if you've ever done that.
1: I mean, unfortunately, I don't really have memory of my dreams. At all. Mm -mm. I I have a memory of one. In your
0: entire life, one.
1: Yeah, and that was only because it was recent. Um, The dream itself was. Okay, we're going to analyze
0: this. Probably the people at home, inevitably. You know, whatever you say now, it's on the record.
1: It's recorded. I'm under oath. Okay. Um, So, the night that I had this dream, um, I was looking in the mirror for. Quite a long time. You mean
0: prior to falling asleep? Prior to asleep. falling asleep, okay. yeah.
1: Um, and I was looking at my hair.
0: <laughs> By um, the way, uh, he has kind of cool hair. He's got hair <laughs> down to his shoulder blades. I like that. I think that takes a lot of care. But that's an aside. Sorry I interrupted you.
1: But <laughs> I you were looking at your hair. Yep, I had just finished brushing it. All right. And yeah, well, so you're it You're kind of proud of it. Oh, I'm super proud of my hair. That's nice. my defining feature. All right. Um... So my hair, and I was thinking like, oh, maybe it's getting a little bit long, you know. <laughs> I don't and know I, how
0: you would decide that, but. Anyway.
1: Well, I, I threw it over my shoulder, and I it almost went to my nipple. Yeah. And I was like, this is pretty Just long. A little, <laughs> long <laughs> a little
0: long, even by my standards.
1: Yeah. And so, but it's a family thing, so it's okay. All right. Um. And that night, I had a dream that I lost my hair. No. Yeah. Wow. And it was weirdly traumatizing. I guess.
0: I mean, if in fact... Well, I, I've had... I've had dreams where I think my teeth are loose. Oh. I don't know why I would have a dream that horrible. So, I guess in some way it manifests a possibility of loss. So, you're dreaming... That you who Mm -hmm. have really kind of lush, long, blonde (laughs) hair—yeah, it's all thank you. (laughs) It's all it all went away in your dream. Yeah, why? Do you know? I have
1: no idea. Well,
0: uh, do a little psychoanalysis of yourself.
1: So subconsciously, I knew that I was thinking about it. It was the last thing I thought about before I went to bed that night. Okay, you know. And so in my dreams, it kind of triggered a response to. What if I lost it all? What if I did actually cut my hair? What would that be like?
0: Oh it was, yeah, it was, it was
1: pretty much my 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 brain being like, "Dude, that is such a terrible idea! Mm. Don't cut your hair! What are you doing?" And so I didn't I didn't question it, and I was like, "All right, I'm not cutting my hair. It's it's too good right now to lose." And
0: so okay, so your dream reinforced uh, a thought that you probably would have yeah yeah. so
1: the thought it was kind of one of those weird decisions of do I cut my hair or do I keep it long and subconsciously oh you mean
0: okay I just want to clarify by backing up you were looking in the mirror and you said to yourself do I want to keep this long hair Mm -hmm. or do I want to join the mainstream and have shorter hair hair. Yeah. yeah Okay, and, and then your dream answered it for
1: you. Exactly, and it was essentially what my deep desire—you know, my uh, my subconscious—made a decision for me based off of what I really I, did want. Yeah, and I that like was that. to keep my hair. I like
0: that. Yeah. That's convenient. Your brain, you put it on automatic pilot, and it solved your uh, my issues for me. Exactly.
1: But what were what were you thinking about when <laughs> are you lucid dreaming when you I have had out? a few
0: I've had a few lucid dreams.
1: Okay, yeah.
0: Because uh there is a series of books by a writer who was very popular in the 70s which is more I guess my era when I was exploring various States of being, mindsets uh, of various sorts, and among How old them, you at this time? well, do the math. I must have been somewhere in my twenties and thirties when I started reading this writer named Carlos Castaneda. Carlos Castaneda talked a lot about the use of uh, mescaline as a hallucinogen. And he talked about Indian cultures where spirituality goes along the lines of spirits in the desert and how those spirits can give you power. Mm -hmm. Uh, And really some of the tenets of what Carlos Castaneda said in these books is still with me. And I kind of practice it. But one of the things that he talked about was really trying to... Really working at the idea that when you fall asleep, try to be aware that you are dreaming. Try to retain some, I don't know, mobility. Consciousness? Uh, Yeah, I guess. Just some certainty that you're in a dream, but the dream is not controlling you. You control... The dream. dream. Okay. And the instruction was that you mm-hmm. look around this environment mm-hmm. and remember what's there. It's not the real world. It's a separate right. reality. Yeah. But the contention is that you can learn from that. Mm-hmm. And I, it really only happened to me, that um, capacity to be aware that I'm actually asleep, but I know I'm asleep and I'm in this different world. It didn't happen to me very often. One time it was really quite a foolish dream of me in some freeway rest area parking lot with uh, street lights above the parking area. And I, as some sort of entity, am perched Uh, On the streetlight, well above the parking lot, watching semis go by. I knew I was there. I knew it was a dream. It was a great, really pleasurable sensation of privilege in some way. That I was in two places at once. I see you looking at me quizzically here.
1: In the dream... You had a pigeon perspective.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Well, I didn't think of it as a pigeon, but yes.
1: (laughs) Well, I mean, the only thing I can think of perched on top of a... Indeed. Indeed. I I mean... Some kind of bird. Right.
0: Right. You're right. I mean, I, I, however, have had flying dreams where I knew I was asleep. Yeah. And I sometimes did backflips and would aim for the ground because I knew without question that I couldn't possibly be hurt. So I dove at the ground. Mm-hmm. And at the last minute, as I remember that these dreams I had more than one, I just swoop up. Yeah. And be away from it. It was extremely exhilarating. Really a phenomenal right. feeling to have that happen. I haven't run into a lot of people who've who've had that that, kind of experience. I've run into a few people that have had sort of fragments of that.
1: Yeah, but nothing so dead set, so vivid.
0: Right, at least uh, to my knowledge, the people I know haven't had dreams like that like I have. Mm -hmm. Um, However, I was reading an article just the other day uh, about alien abduction. And the theory among psychologists today is that alien abduction is actually a dream phenomenon where, and this is true, you can actually sort of fall half asleep. Yeah. So that you're aware, for example, that you're in your bed, in your bedroom, but there are entities around you.
1: Isn't that like sleep paralysis?
0: Sleep paralysis is a part of it. Okay. That it's literally true that uh, one safety feature humans have when they fall asleep is they become paralyzed to some extent so they can't sleepwalk and climb over the balcony on a 17th story building and fall to their death. Right. So people do get paralyzed when they fall asleep. Mm-hmm. So if you're lying in bed... And you think you're awake, but you've actually fallen, for all intents and purposes, asleep. Yeah. One, you're going to be paralyzed. Yeah. Two, the events that take place are actually in the dreamscape. They're not really going on. Yeah. I know that that's happened to me. I remember one night, well, being absolutely certain that there were entities... I just got a chill, by the way, thinking of this. Uh, uh, There were entities around my bed watching Mm me, you know, and I didn't feel particularly threatened. I mean, I wasn't happy they were there. Yeah. But in some way, there was a little bit of a thrill associated with that. Mm -hmm. And uh, now I've read an article recently that said, That experience is shared by many, many people, and it is often interpreted as people coming from a flying saucer and examining you. So, I don't know. Oh, yeah. That alien abduction is a paralytic dream. Dream Escape. Yeah, where you can't move, you feel powerless, you feel entities around you. And I mean, all I did, there was not a lot of drama to this scene. There right. were just these cloaked figures just around bad. my bed. Yeah. Yeah, and they didn't do anything to me. They didn't take Token. some proctological uh, <laughs> instrument and look right. at me or something like that. It didn't happen. But um, maybe it does with other people.
1: Maybe... And not to start any conspiracy here, but maybe that's what the government wants you to believe. <laughs> <Right. laughs> you yeah, uh, know, just keeping uh, aliens uh, under wraps. It's all a dreams, everybody. Yeah. Dreams and weather balloons.
0: Well, except that in my case, uh, unless you want to say that indeed uh, there really were sort of supernatural creatures around my bed, I guess that's a possibility.
1: Do you believe in ghosts?
0: My mind goes to a place when someone mentions ghosts where I think, which is easier to believe, that a person hallucinated or that there really are entities floating around who were once alive, but their essence has not left the earth and they have some sort of agency. That is, they can decide to move from point A to point, point B. Mm-hmm. And I guess I lean on the side of his
1: Hello,
0: imagination, yeah. Well, what do you believe about that? Have you ever seen a
1: ghost? I feel like I have.
0: Yeah? Well, oh, yeah. Do you feel like you have.
1: So, one of those memories, and I do remember this, this was an actual memory in my life, I can references but of course I was the only one there so I don't really have like
0: I don't care about that. I'm going to believe you.
1: Okay. Yeah. So I was at my grandma's house out in Colton.
0: All right. And um, that is an area where it's very rural, right? And barren. the nights are dark. Yes. Okay.
1: It was the old evening. farmhouse or something? No, it was okay. a regular house Sorry, on land. Yeah, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um and It was very weird. So I went out into the garage because I needed to get something. Um, Everybody was inside. And at the time, my grandma's garage was a chaotic clusterfuck. Mm. It was just stuff everywhere. It was a maze to get in and out of there. Yeah. And I tried looking for something, and then I couldn't find it. So I tried going back, and there was just one little light in the garage. And I remember seeing... A figure, like a shadow, on the fridge, and it was moving. It was a moving shadow. So
0: there was a refrigerator in the garage. Mm-hmm. The light was on. Yep. And you saw a shadow, or was it like dust—a dust cloud of it a was, figure?
1: It was a shadow of a person projected onto okay. the fridge. And I was on the opposite side of the light bulb. And so my shadow couldn't have been projected onto the fridge.
0: Yeah. Did it move? or oh, yeah. it, it did move. Mm-hmm. It continued to stay in your field of vision.
1: Oh, yeah. It was there for a while until I got too scared and left. Huh. I sprinted the fuck out of there. Did you really? How oh, old were yeah. you? I, I want to say I was six, seven. Okay. I was pretty young.
0: And it stuck with you.
1: Mm-hmm. There's a theory, or at least within supernatural theories, that um, ghosts or spirits will more likely, uh, I don't want to say expose themselves, but well, will show themselves. Appear to, appear, thank you. Yeah. Appear to children more than they will adults. And that might be uh kind of a case for your theory, your theory that it's a hallucination and imagination thing. Mm-hmm. Because obviously children will have more active imaginations than adults will. Possibly. Possibly.
0: Though you were standing up so you couldn't have been half asleep. It wouldn't be that.
1: No. I was fully awake. Yeah. And I was far more awake after I got out of the garage than I was when I went in.
0: I remember Colton as being somewhat of a spooky area. I don't remember. I think uh, when I was very young, we had friends that lived out there that my folks visited. Mm-hmm. And there was a creek, and I remember walking on a dirt road at night, and I think the moon was illuminating the landscape, and it all seemed weird and Vaguely threatening. I don't know. If you felt that way about being out there, I suppose not.
1: No, because I associate it with my grandma. Yeah, exactly. And I love her, so it's. Right. So it's really positive <laughs> yeah. in that way. Yeah. But admittedly, the area it can be pretty spooky. Yeah. Absolutely. It, it can get very creepy out there and very tingly, I guess mm. is the best way to put it, just because it's a rural area.
0: I have a friend that was an adult. Uh, he was somewhere in a in a house that was not their house, uh, as maybe in a guest room. They were both in bed. My friend Greg and his wife were in bed,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and suddenly, by the dresser, a
1: yeah. uh,
0: slightly older than middle-aged man appeared didn't walk into the room he just suddenly was there yeah and he turned to them as though he actually saw them yeah and regarded them for a moment then turned away and then disappeared now greg says that he turned to his wife Mm -hmm. and said did you see that and she said yeah and they both agreed that it was Mm -hmm. a middle-aged or older man it looked at him, looked down towards the dresser again. And, and then disappeared. Disappeared. Yeah. Ah. I'm spooked. So what's the I'm theory behind it all that? It? Uh yeah, I'm feeling it too. You it's God. it's great about ghost stories, man. I wonder if that means that we secretly do believe in ghosts. Well, you, you didn't believe. deny You didn't deny that you oh, yeah. believe in ghosts. Ghosts are
1: one hundred percent real. I have no doubt in my mind about that.
0: Okay, is that the reason, that one experience? Or uh, do you have further evidence that supports the theory that they are real?
1: That's my strongest piece of evidence. Yeah. I have other, you know, spook stories, whatever. I'm pretty sure the house that I grew up in, the uh, the house that my parents still live in right now, yeah, is haunted. What? Oh, absolutely. Even my brother said so, too. Dude. Yeah.
0: Give me uh, an example. <laughs> well, okay, but you have not seen the ghost, so how do you know they're haunted?
1: So... There were several instances in my childhood, and actually all the way up until high school, um, there's a couple stories in this. There was one day where I was brushing my teeth in the bathroom, and someone poked the shower curtain from the inside. Oh, I would hate that! And I opened it, and there was no one there. Oh, of course not. Mm-hmm. So there is that.
0: Oh, there was another no. time
1: I had this this Hot Wheels set. Yeah. It was a, like a shark attack thing, and it, it mm. had voice lines and everything. And <clears throat> I remember walking downstairs into the laundry room where I kept it, and I wasn't planning on playing with it at all, but it was there. And as soon as I walked in the door, one of the voice lines went off, and the voice line was, Are you scared?
0: See, that just <laughs> creeps me out so much, I just felt an adrenaline rush.
1: Look at, look at my arms. Look at that. Yeah, dude. It's insane. That, oh, but,
0: man. And
1: so that voice line, that very specific voice line went off as soon as I walked in. Yeah. And it never did it again. And when I looked at Are it. Are you scared? It was off. What? Yeah. I it, I doubt that's my scariest one. I hated that. How long did take it take you to come down?
0: That's an adrenaline high like the nightmare high. Ah, you probably haven't
1: I didn't I didn't really process it at the time.
0: Oh, what I, you just tried to forget it
1: then? Yeah. I mean it happened and I answered back. That what was
0: the you actually talked? two, whatever. Oh man, that took courage, I would say.
1: It was one of the it, it said the voice line, are you scared? And yeah. Just, yes. Oh. Turned the light on, nothing was there, and I looked at it and it was off, and I was like, that's fucked.
0: Oh man, so you kind of directly chose to communicate with the spirit world.
1: Dude. Whether they heard me or not.
0: I'd say that's kind of ballsy of you. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> yeah.
1: But uh, then... So my room was downstairs in the basement, and yeah, that in itself could... pretty creepy, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I felt this for years. I felt like I wasn't alone in that room. Um, mm-hmm. There was a massive amount of sp- there is an unusual amount of space in there because it was supposed to be yeah, the guest yeah, room, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I took it yeah. as my own, so I didn't have to share it with my right, brother. Right, right, and. There was a lot of dark, empty space
0: in the basement
1: in the basement. I used to
0: dream. I used to have nightmares about mm-hmm. the house I grew up. The basement was so scary to me psychologically, yeah,
1: and so I always felt like I heard things. There were several instances where i could I could have sworn I heard someone whisper my name no. and then I would wake up. there were a lot of times where oh God. Ugh. I'm getting, I'm really scaring the shit out of myself. We're, we're right in a library in daylight. We're fine. I know, and you're here. It's, God, just to think that I lived with this for so long.
0: Dude, um, unburden it, yourself. I'm trying. Open up.
1: <laughs> you, uh, All the listeners are my new therapist. Yeah. Um. And, oh, God. There were times that I would wake up just randomly in the middle of the night, like yeah. 2, 3 a.m. in the morning, and I wake up and I look around and I feel a presence. Uh-huh. I can feel that uh, there's something else going on, that yeah. I feel watched. I feel like there's something in there who's looking at me.
0: Wow, and you still went down there willingly every day. Every night, because it didn't to-
1: happen every night. No, it happens, it
0: happens but some but you had that experience as though maybe they weren't always there, but they were mm-hmm. there sometimes, and you were not in control of when they'd show up.
1: No, absolutely not. And so I'd wake up and I'd. There were some times where I felt the presence so intensely that yeah. I would ask, I was like, who the fuck See, is there?
0: That's what knocks me out about you, that instead of clamming up and just. <laughs> being scared, you seem at least somewhat willing to engage these supernatural beings. I can't imagine doing that, really.
1: The reason I think I'm able to do that, or at least in any capacity, really, is because if they wanted to hurt me, if they wanted to threaten me, if they wanted to kill me for any matter, Mm -hmm. they would have done it already you okay.
0: know yeah
1: there's no there's no nothing really stopping them from doing it
0: that's very logical thinking under an extremely i would say stressful situation mm-hmm. and you had the capacity you have the capacity. maybe okay. that's why you're a good lifeguard because you can keep your sanity under intense pressure huh maybe
1: or I lost my sanity years ago, <laughs> and then I'm just right, surviving and you're just it.
0: crazy and, as a
1: loon, and the ghost. Of course, you
0: talk yeah, to the spirit. Yeah, it's going to sure. be there.
1: You know, talk to it like your friend. You can't be afraid of anything. But that's generally my thought on it. Is that you know what? If I can speak to a ghost, first off, that's pretty kick-ass. Secondly, that's a good story. Thirdly. I don't know if I really had a third for that. If I talk to a no, ghost, what can uh, I? What, what I, do? I
0: expect? I'm sorry, I interrupted you. Please say what you just said.
1: Uh, no, it didn't really matter. It was, <laughs> what, what can I? <laughs> well, I would say ghost.
0: thirdly. Uh, now I've lost the thought. This oh, is fine. this is real time, and now I've <laughs> lost the thought. But you know, in my case, uh, I had a, a very scary event one night when I lived in Minneapolis. I was lying in bed. I was living in an efficiency apartment at the time Mm -hmm. and I heard some entity clear its throat. (laughs) Only the difference was that it isn't something I picked up from my ears. I Mm. experienced this aural uh, sensation of something clearing my throat and It's clearing its throat and I thought to myself am I going crazy because now I've had a schizophrenic experience mm-hmm. that I'm lying innocently in bed and something clears its throat that has the capacity to communicate directly
1: with my brain so, let me try. Let me try to deconstruct this a little bit. Yeah. So, whatever entity was, may or may not have been there, cleared its throat, but you didn't hear it.
0: Didn't hear it. It was okay. though.
1: But you felt it.
0: Well, I, 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 I'm saying in a sense, I heard. It's hard. To, that's a difficult concept.
1: The the way that it sounds like to me. Like when any any amount of speaking or rumbling or <clears throat> if I do that, you can kind of feel the vibration of it. Right you know is yeah. that what it was or
0: well here i was freaked because mm-hmm. it really did have implications i thought for my mental stability right that somehow well you know the idea i think everybody would be afraid you know i got voices in my head and they're telling me what to do mm-hmm. you know that kind of thing yeah so i thought that this was just a preliminary
1: Okay. This yeah. whatever
0: it was that could now talk in my brain cleared its throat. The next step is it for, for it to say words to me.
1: Oh. See? Okay, so almost like a premonition kind of thing.
0: Yeah, I mean, okay, clearing its throat is one thing. Mm-hmm. But now it's going to start talking. Right.
1: It, it's done the criteria of talking. Yeah. The
0: Testing, progress. testing. <laughs> <clears throat> you know, and now it's going to say Jim. words. Yeah. Yeah. And I went, luckily, at the television station I worked for, there was a, a, a PhD in, psychologist who, in psychology who did reporting. And... He told me that there are two states that have to do with dreams. Yet again, Ooh, coming back, where uh, at the beginning of the sleep cycle, it's possible for you to be unaware of it, and that was probably what happened in my case. He said, "Believe it or not, you dreamed clearing." the throat this was whatever the source you actually dreamed clearing the throat now this happened you look doubtful about that but the fact is it happened many many years ago it's never happened since but that case nobody's going to remember this i guess i've remembered it because these words were like me holding on to sanity right uh when you go to sleep and something like that happens mm-hmm. to you, it's called a hypnogogic state. I don't know how to spell it. Hypnogogic state.
1: Hypnogogic.
0: That's what happened to me, yeah. evidently. It's like I heard this or experienced something clearing, clearing yeah. its throat. Right. If it happened when you're waking up, it's called hypnopompic. For whatever reason. So it's common enough that it's been identified, labeled by the psychological community.
1: Yeah. So the instance of hearing and or seeing things in the process of falling asleep and waking up.
0: Yes. Right. The difference for you uh, in the refrigerator in the garage and the shadow that appeared was... I was fully awake. It wasn't obvious that you could in any way be asleep. Mm -hmm. And in the case of my friend Greg with the older man who appeared, looked at them, and then disappeared, they both saw it. Yeah. They both saw it. So those things have never happened to me. Right. But I've run into people who... Uh, Well, when I lived in Minneapolis, I became good friends with an Episcopal priest who had to hear the confessions Mm -hmm. of alcoholics. Right. In the booth
1: and all that. Yeah. yeah, He had
0: to counsel them, and he heard lots of ghost stories.
1: Really?
0: Yeah. Like one time... There was a real bad operator, bad guy, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: who had a sister. Okay. Now, the bad person got somehow in the army and went to Vietnam and was killed. Okay. All right. So the sister is in the family home, and she is upstairs, and she walks by what used to be his bedroom. I'm getting right. a huge chill right now. Yeah, no, I Because he opened the door and said, "Get in here." Jesus oh, I'm Christ. sorry. I'm sorry. He said, "Get in here." Oh my god. Yeah. Well, she freaked Fuck. and she went running to her bedroom. Yeah. And spent the night under the sheets, terrified to do anything. Okay? So I asked Father Bob. Yeah. What would have happened if she had gone into the gone into the room. bedroom? And he said, I don't know how he thinks he knows this. He said that he thought that she would have had a psychotic break, that she would have just been so overloaded she couldn't think anymore. That
1: would make sense. I mean
0: yeah.
1: God damn it. <laughs> That's... It, it, when Jim did that He actually scared the ever living shit Out of me <laughs> 100% um, I'm sorry I
0: did it I didn't really mean to do it for that reason I, I'm, I'm I, so
1: in, Integrated into these stories I'm so fucking spooked right now Ooh, <laughs> god. Happy Halloween everyone Ooh. Yeah actually
0: This is kind of coming up on that holiday yeah. and So um, It's, it's nice relevant day. in that sense uh, This is our
1: Halloween episode no he
0: had he had real stories i mean he heard father bob had heard the confessions of people who said you know i killed someone years and years ago and i never got caught things like that which people end up carrying around with them real burdens which they try to somehow take off their shoulders by confessing
1: i mean if people are seeing their victims in as ghosts or anything like that i would think that's more of a a guilt projection i would
0: think so too yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah that
1: makes sense but in the instance of this lady and her brother i mean that's an entirely different situation
0: right and she's confessing it to a priest because yeah. she wants spiritual comfort right she wants to be rid of the horror of something that actually, in her timeline and mm. her reality, happened not in some dreamscape,
1: In but it happened reality. in
0: the house, walking by the bedroom.
1: Mm-hmm. And so, to think, what if she did go in that room? She would probably, more than likely, have a psychotic break. Yeah, yeah. In the instance of guilt projection, I guess because you know it's her brother, and now he's gone. Yes. And so, being, encountering this situation where you fully envelop yourself into the essence of what they were.
0: Say more, what do you mean by that? You fully... So,
1: envelop themselves you, in the essence?
0: You mean, if, i lost on the image. Yeah. You say if she walked into the room, she would have somehow entered... Some psychological framework that mm-hmm. had to do with his mind. Yeah, so... And his evil, really. Or his badness, maybe. I don't know.
1: I don't... Was, what, did, what's the context of him being bad? Well,
0: I don't know what he did, but yeah. he was largely, I guess, a criminal and had the choice of joining the army or going You're to jail. jail. And, okay. Uh, he was abusive mm-hmm. to people in the family, I mm. think, including this woman.
1: Which would make sense. Yeah. I guess what I'm trying to convey is that, um, like, in my home, or at least my childhood home. Yeah. When I walk by my sister's room, or even now when I walk by my sister's room, I mean, I feel there's a certain vibe. There's a really? certain... Yeah. Or but it's, it's pleasant, probably. Yeah, because, yeah. you know, it's my yeah. sister. But it, it, it's... It's the mindset that I put myself into, it's the idea that I know that this is my sister's room, this is her essence, this is how she lived, this is her stuff, this is her. Yeah. This is the room that embodies her.
0: No, I still dream, I mean, I haven't been in that house mm-hmm. in decades and decades that I grew up in, but I right. dream about it fairly frequently.
1: Exactly. And so you you understand the feeling, the vibe, and the essence of places. yes. And so I guess what I'm trying to convey is that if she walked into that room, the room that was very specifically her brother's.
0: And had so much emotional baggage Mm -hmm. associated with it.
1: The baggage, the visual, the room itself, everything coming together. I mean, I wouldn't blame her if she just... Up and died right there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just completely snapped and
0: done. Right, right, right. And therein, I don't even know the definition of a psychotic break, but you know it isn't
1: good. Yeah, no, nothing that has the word psychotic... And, and Break, break. <laughs> one after the other can be stupendous for anybody's psyche. No,
0: it's not you go out for coffee and a donut right afterwards, yeah, and, you know, shoot the shit with people.
1: This isn't, uh, we're gonna laugh at this yeah. years from now. Yeah. This is, I know, well, time. you know,
0: I mean, I don't know the name of the woman, I remember Father Bob, he told me the story because it was a powerful story but yeah in clearly the world probably to this day there's a woman who um
1: has witnessed this traumatic event this yeah,
0: it actually happened to her yeah
1: well we just hit 40 minutes here um here in the real world or at least i'm hoping it's the real world and it's not me viciously lucid dreaming, yeah, which is yeah. a whole nother thing that we could talk about but fuck that um <laughs> So I guess the world is spooky is to is to sum up what we're trying to say here. Uh, the discourse that can go between y'all listeners and feedback that you have for us is just do you believe in ghosts? Are right. you scared of the dark? That kind of thing. Um, honestly, if we could hear some of your stories about your ghost stories, I mean, I'd be fascinated to hear them.
0: It's always compelling. I mean, I think I'm sort of situated in a personal space where uh, I have a, a high hurdle to believing in it. Even though, I mean, the physics of vibrations and waves, and our waves, particles, our particles, waves, the quantum world probably leaves all kind of space mm. for, for, mm-hmm. for what we call ghosts, entities. But do they have agency? Can they think and act and move, or are they just manifestations of energy from the past and have no control? Mm-hmm. It does sound like, in the case of the woman and the Vietnam veteran who died, mm-hmm. him telling her to get in here suggests yeah, that he yeah. had agency. He could. There was something what going did, you know. on there. How? Oh, I mean, imagine the hostility. Let's just say, you know, hypothetically that he was really there. What a cruel bastard!
1: Fuck that guy. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I'm Aiden Deboard. I'm Jim Newman. This has been inherently human, number nine.
0: I think so, nine? and yeah, and we even include non-human entities sometimes just show how liberal we are
1: (laughs) we're so inclusive all right well happy halloween everybody this is us signing off um stay safe trick-or-treat and talk to ghosts
0: yeah look forward to hearing from you sometime
1: (laughs) eventually